This month on the One Prez Pod, Surprised by Hope. It is both a book by N.T. Wright, which is our book club book for the month. If you'd like to know more about reading that book or joining in the conversation at the end of the month, just call the church office. But it is also at the core of what we believe as Christians. What is our hope in Jesus Christ? Our hope in what is happening on Good Friday, Easter Sunday, in his death and resurrection. This month, join me, Reverend Blackburn, as we have conversations with local religious leaders about what the hope in Christ means to them. Welcome. Hello there, everyone. It's Reverend Tasha Blackburn with the One Prez Pod again this month, and I have a special guest with me this morning. I have the Reverend Jeff Champlin. He is the Interim Supply Priest at St. John's Episcopal Church just down the street from here, and he is also an instructor in philosophy at UAFS, also just down the street from our location. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hey, thanks for being here today. And thank you for having me. Jeff is very brave. Uh, When I emailed you and said, I'd like to talk about the resurrection and then maybe some of N.T. Wright, and you said, yes, when and where. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for doing this today. (laughs) I want to jump right into it. And I just to let our listeners know, sometimes our conversations are on the lighter end. Sometimes they're on the sort of uh, medium end of the pool. I want to go deep into theology today, Jeff. Let's let's talk theological talk, you know, and 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 why it matters. And we'll try not to drown. And we'll try not to drown. I have my water wings on, okay. and so we will go into the deep waters uh, and try not to drown today because it's it is the core, it is the core theological uh, point of our faith, um, is what is happening in this holiest of weeks. And so when you think about Easter and the Easter accounts we have in Scripture, what are you, what do you think about when you look at those four accounts? So when I was newly ordained and had to preach Holy Week and Easter for the first time, it sort of hit me how strange and difficult the Easter stories are and how they're sort of contrary to what you might expect Mm -hmm. if you picture the way they get sent up in the movies there's big breaking sunlight and the rays go every way and the hallelujah chorus comes on and all of this stuff and none of that happens in the stories in the canonical gospels that we have yeah um there it seems to me just to start there are a couple of things to say about them first they tend to be very short very little happens. It's only in a couple of stories that Jesus even shows up. Mm-hmm. And when he does show up, he has a rather annoying habit of just at the point where you were looking for more, he disappears. Yeah, exactly. So, in John, he's there. He's not there. He's there. He's not there. Yeah. He's gone. So what seems to me to be happening is a couple of things. First, almost always... Um, particularly in Luke, there's an emphasis on the scriptures Mm -hmm. and how the scriptures uh, show forth everything about who Jesus is and what he did. In other words, the stories are turning them back to Jesus's life 
and Jesus's gift of himself with the understanding from Easter that this is the work of God. Mm-hmm. But the work of God is what he did when he offered himself. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, particularly in John, is they're pointed forward to what their work will be. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense in which there are these very mysterious stories that point us both back to Jesus's life and forward to what will be. Yeah, and which which is our work. Which is our work, right? Yeah. What will be is our work. Yeah, and you've made me think actually just now of um, a preacher and writer, Tom Long. He talks about in Matthew at the Great Commission. You know, mm-hmm. they're standing there, and he's and Jesus is like. I'll meet you in Galilee. I'll meet you in Galilee. Go meet me in Galilee. And his point was, we haven't been in Galilee for a while. What are we doing in Galilee? And his take on it was, well, that's where it all began. So Easter pushes us, like you're saying, to start again then. If you don't get it, if you still have questions, if you want to know more, then go back to Galilee with me and let's do the whole thing again, right? And then to push us forward. Yep, push us forward. Yeah. So the one that haunts me is uh, Peter and Jesus on the beach. Oh, gosh. In John, yeah. yeah. yeah in John, you know, do you love me three times? Why three times? Well, okay. Yeah. Um, but then um, each time, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. In other words, the work that Peter will do, and then the simple command, follow me. So the story, again, points beyond itself to the life and the work that they will have. Yeah. And then the other thing that goes with that is this sort of dreamlike character mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, the business of Jesus not being recognized. Yes. Until he does something to reveal himself. Yeah. And then he's no longer with them. Yeah. You know, so it's this very brief and mysterious encounters that are almost dreamlike. Uh huh. And it seems to me what's going on there is that the stories have to do with the boundaries between the ages. Yeah. This age and yeah. the age to come. Yeah. So in some sense, we're on the boundary of a mystery. They're almost in this liminal space. Bingo. Yeah. What they can't possibly understand. I wanted to say that fancy word just for you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is interesting. And, and you're making me think, too— um, I mean, we will make a we will make much of Easter, and we should. We yep. we absolutely should. Uh, I won't say the phrase yet because it, it's Holy Week for us. Uh, I won't say the whole Eucharist uh, yet, but we will, and of course we should. But when I think about you know Paul, Paul doesn't talk much about Easter. Paul talks about the cross, yeah. you know, and even says things like, "If you want to see the power of God." You see the power of God in the cross. And I think a lot of us Christians today would say, well, I see the power of God on Easter morning with the stone rolled away and he's cheated death and and on and on and on, you know, and uh, eternal life and resurrection. And Paul is saying, no, you want to see the power of God. You see it at the cross. So what do you that's Good Friday. So you have to avoid looking on Easter as a happy ending. Yeah, because in the nature of the case. It's pointing us to what is beyond us, the yeah. age to come. Yeah. So the story ends, as far as this age is concerned, on Good Friday. Oh, wow. And we, we're leaning. We're leaning with everything we have into mm-hmm. Easter. Right. And, but the Easter, in a sense, is both about what our life will be and what the age to come will be. 
Mm -hmm. um, but it's not like a happy ending for Jesus's life because in some sense Jesus chose his end so the odd thing is the cross is already a happy ending exactly this is this yeah I and I want to talk about yeah I want to talk about that too this is not um this is not this is a human being who got caught up in in a wave of something and didn't know how to stop it right, right. that's not our faith and this is not God's plan B C or D either that's another thing we can kind of say is like well when nothing else would work let's try this let's try this well that's not what we believe we believe that in the trinity that the father son and holy spirit have existed together in community always so in some sense the incarnation and even the cross are from the beginning yeah isn't that amazing to think about yeah. and i also think uh I, it blows my mind. My, you know, simple, feeble human mind cannot take in. Somehow that means that in the very communi community and nature of God, there is something human rolling around in there. I can't even go there, Jeff. I can't even begin. But that is this sort of promise and, 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 and gift we've been given that says from the beginning of time and always has been one of the Something like that's been rolling around in there, too, because of the sun. One of the great theologians in my tradition says it pleased God to so identify God's self with us that, in a sense, God cannot be God without us. I know. That blows my mind. Um, which is just, it's a wonderful, wonderful thought. Yeah, exactly. So thinking about Good Friday, then, I mean, that's coming up. Yep. Um The, the Christian faith is so, you know, you've already pointed some to it, but especially as an outsider or even sort of an armchair Christian, we do so many strange things with it, like its, it's color is shadow and, and darkness, um, but we call it good, mm -hmm. you know, and there is so much at the heart of what we believe about the nature of God and about what's happening. When you come to Good Friday, what are you bringing with you in your own faith and understanding? So as things have developed over the last 10 to 15 years, I've turned more and more to the gospel according to John. Okay. Um, and those who share church life with me will roll their eyes at this point. Yes, Jeff. <laughs> can we hear it? We can hear the eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jeff. We know. We know. You've told us many times. <laughs> so... Pretty clearly, um, from the beginning, the cross is not something that is done to Jesus, and it's not just a matter of he's a victim. Yeah. Although th that is an important part of it. Yeah. Um, but there's a sense in which he also freely chooses the path yeah. that leads to the cross, and he freely chooses it knowing that he will lay down his life. That's at the heart of the Good Shepherd passage in John chapter 10, is that the Good Shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. Yeah. So it's a free choice. Um, what I've done sometimes is we shouldn't refer to it as the passion. We should refer to it as the action. Because yeah. it's, I mean, there's ob it's obviously, it's a story of hideous violence and... Yeah injustice and suffering but there's another sense in which and this is part of the mystery with his eyes open jesus willingly accepts that yeah 
Exactly. Well, as you and I both know, but maybe our listeners don't know, there's a whole um, there's a whole uh, swath of theological discussion around. You know, doesn't this doesn't Holy Week, doesn't what happens here mean that God the Father is an abusive parent? You know, is this, you're nodding, right? Because we know there's there's been tomes yeah. written about that. You know, that all this is, this just shows like an abusive relationship. Well, um, that assumes that That's, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have nothing to do with each other. It also assumes a rather bad theory of the cross, which is that Jesus, uh, God is making Jesus pay a penalty. Yes, and rather than I want to show you exactly who I am. So uh, an Old Testament professor of mine came up with a great sentence that I've used I don't know how many times. Uh, God does not need to be appeased. We need to be reconciled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the issue is not, you know, clearing the debt with God. Mm-hmm. Um God, you know, Paul is God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The issue is God in Christ actively reaching out to reconcile and restore us. Mm-hmm. So it's the other way around, which means in some sense there's an identity among the persons. This is what all three do for us. Exactly. Exactly. I I have a... Uh, uh, brought up the image of, you know, everybody can picture it in their mind. I think most of us can of Michelangelo's ceiling, you know, in the Sistine yeah. Chapel. And, and that mo- one of the most famous images is God reaching out to sort of touch Adam, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at it closely, it, it already sort of leans into this idea. Because if you look closely, Adam, I mean, he cannot be bothered. That guy is lounging and can barely lift his arm sort of in the painting. And work. God is almost falling out of heaven, Mm-hmm. to reach. And I think that is such I hadn't thought of that before. I but think that's that cool. is such a good image. It's like, no, I will do it all. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean he can barely lift his hand, you know? And 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 the little archangels and stuff are almost they almost look like they're kinda keeping, you know, God from tumbling all the way out. And that's what the Trinity's doing. It's like I will do anything to reconcile you. I so that you know, you know, this is God's work. Um, that is hard to, you can think that in your head, right? Mm -hmm. And consider sort of what that love looks like in your head, but boy, to take that in your heart, it really can kind of take your breath, um, to even begin, uh, to think about that as, uh, the nature of God's love for us. It's shocking. It's shocking. It's like, why? Why do you care so much, God? But but God does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to, okay, I want to talk a little bit about this, um, you know, in the Apostles' Creed, which is one of our oldest creeds in the, in the church, capital C Church, we say that we believe mm-hmm. that after Jesus died, that he descended into hell. Yep. And the third day rose again from the dead. We know the rest of it, right. But that he descended into hell. Mm-hmm. Um help? What what help 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 us with that, Jeff? What are what do you think about that? Okay, so let's take a little bit of a long run on this one. Okay, I'm All ready. Right. Maybe. <laughs> the evil in the passion story is not incidental to it. Um so 
what is absolutely critical is that Jesus is bearing the evil of everybody around him mm -hmm. without betraying his own mission or and never acting contrary to love. Mm -hmm. So John's phrase for that is having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. And so through the whole thing, he does the work of love. And then again, I'm sorry, in John, it's almost funny because you can watch him ministering to Pilate when Pilate is losing it. I know. And Jesus is like, okay, I understand you're having a hard time right now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and boy. It, and unfortunately, it takes a twist that for us is hard to hear. But, uh, the, uh, but there's a sense in which even in that moment, uh -huh. he is still ministering to the people who were persecuting him. Um, so there's a sense in which in the face of everything that threatens us, and the fear that turns us away from God, mm -hmm. he is remaining faithful, mm -hmm. which is to say, and you have to invoke the word obedience here, mm -hmm. but the thing about obedience is you have to remember the root word is to hear or to listen. Mm -hmm. So you don't think of obedience in terms of a child grumbling while cleaning their room yes. because they've been told to. Yeah. You think of obedience in terms of the free and willing response to God with the gift that, after all, begins with God in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, so what Jesus is doing is freely returning the gift or living a complete human life without being undone by all the things that turn us away from God. Including descending into hell? Including, that's where I'm going, including wow. descending into hell. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to That Mary. completes the human Right, so we come back to journey. John at the, at the end of it. But, um, so, funny thing, we both have in front of us a passage. <laughs> how, that, did this happen? how did this happen? Yes, you from, sent me this wonderful quote from, we've determined we're going to call him. Euthymius. Euthymius the okay. Great. Don't forget the Great. Euthymius the Great. Euthymius the Great from and the 5th century. Out there who speaks Greek, please don't call. Please, yeah, please don't call. With We think it's Euthymius the Great. But you do, you have this great quote. Can I read part of it? Please. And then I want to talk about it. This is from the 5th century, everybody. So the 400s. It's a while. It's been a few minutes, um, but here's what he says. He says, something strange is happening. There is a great silence on earth today. The whole earth is silent because the king of heaven and earth is dead. God, God has, has died, died and hell trembles with fear. Right. And that's the, see, it's the hard thing. God has oh, died. See, you're kind of freaking me out a little here because I, before we started hitting record, uh, the way I put it is, you know, how close is your trinity? And what I mean by that is, you know, it's, it's a very tight trinity to say that God is hanging on that cross. God, right. the author and creator of the heavens and the earth, has died. Has died. But what in the world do we think is happening there? You know, mm -hmm. what do we think is happening? Um, and this Euthymius... Yep. has a very tight trinity. Right. And you have a very tight trinity. Yep. And I, I got to say, I have a very tight trinity too. And it boggles my mind. And so I can't can even take it in. The but work of life. Yes. 
Yes. And what do you think the act of love is there? This is not, we're back to the, this is not some sort of bullet child who did it, I guess, or who's being abused or who was sent to die, right? right? No. No. God has sent himself, God's self. You know, um, who is hanging there? God. Yeah. Yeah. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. In other words, it's the active part of God seeking to restore us rather than, in some sense, we needed to be at peace, so we, God needed to be at peace so we could get right with God. Yeah, I mean, it makes me want to cry mm-hmm. thinking about it, um, to even consider it. Um, exactly. Okay, I want to read a little bit of the, because then he says stuff yeah. about the hell piece. He says, Jesus has gone to the place of the dead to search for Adam and Eve and for all who have gone down to darkness and the shadow of death. Jesus approaches them, bearing the cross, the weapon that has won him the victory. There's the cross has the victory, right again. And he takes them by the hand and raises them up. And this is what he says. Awake sleepers and rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Rise from the dead for I am the life of the dead. Out of love for you, I, your God, became a human being and came to earth for your sake. I died today upon earth. You once received out to take You once reached out to take fruit from a tree and to save you. I have been nailed to a tree. You were driven out of paradise and I have come to lead you to heaven. I did not create you to be held prisoner Prisoner forever. forever. There's a lot going on that weekend. (laughs) Like to put a timeline on it, right? I mean, he descended into hell. Right. So there is nothing that separates us from God or there is nothing human that's foreign to God. Mm -hmm. But in a sense... If fear and lack of faith, we turn away from God, Adam and Eve hiding in the garden and covering themselves because they're ashamed, then in a sense, and this is the victory, what Jesus does is he undoes that by offering himself in the face of everything that threatens us and causes us to fear and turn away. Mm -hmm. He offers himself whole and complete, trusting God and giving himself to God. Mm-hmm. And Easter comes into play in the sense that, you know, yeah, that's really what happened. <laughs> he, yeah. This really is of God. Yeah. Um, so they're playing with it in the sense of you reached out for the tree, mm-hmm. the lack of faith, and I was nailed to the tree in order to restore you to faith. And guess, guess which tree matters? The cross. Yeah. Cross winds. Cross winds. Yeah. So therefore, uh, I did not create you to be held prisoner forever. Um, We're saying a lot when we say that line in the Apostles' Creed. We just run right past it, right? It's like I always joke that we pull the cord in our back and the Apostles' Creed comes out, right? And we don't think much about what we are saying we believe. Mm -hmm. But we believe that he descended into hell, even to hell. Mm -hmm. And on the third day was raised again. You know. That's what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I, I want to hear from you. Um, if you have any favorite Holy Week experiences or Easter experiences or traditions that have meant a lot to you over the years, we've gone deep, deep, deep. I'm just going to announce that we have, Jeff, and say it's so, okay. uh, that we've gone deep, deep, deep. I want to hear, I want to hear, you know, what, what has been meaningful to you? In traditions or experiences over the years. 
Okay, so I've been doing a lot of C.S. Lewis lately. Yes. So I'm going to come up with a C.S. Lewis line. Okay. All right. I believe in the sun not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So I believe in the sun, S-U-N. S-U-N. Not, not only, only because, because I, I see, see it. That, I believe that the sun rises not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything mm -hmm. else. So not only... Um, do we have these beliefs because we see them, but because they are our lens to look at everything. everything else? Yeah. So I guess the story would be this. When I was very first ordained, for some reason or another, I thought it would be a good idea to teach the passion marriage to junior high children. I think it's a great idea, Jeff. Tell it, me more how that well, went. It was a good idea, <laughs> but the problem was I hadn't thought through very well the first time <laughs> I started out. Eventually, we got good at it, but it took a while. In any event, I had a wonderful mentor who wasn't necessarily the best person about thinking about what you were going to do with junior highs, but had a knack for clarifying things. So I said, I'm trying to teach this story, and it's hard. What should I do? And David looks at me and said, ask those young people whether they want to be human beings or don't they? That is a great answer. Right. So the deal is, do you want to be a human being or don't you? Yeah. Um, because if you want to be a human being, I did not create you to be held prisoner forever. Ultimately, what that means is you need to be able to accept life from God and live it for God. Mm -hmm. That's what being a human being is, and that's what we turned away from. Mm -hmm. He um, is the uh, God is the author of life. And then I love, you know, when Jesus says, you know, I came to bring life and life abundant. Abundantly. Abundant. So then it becomes, the you know, for me, the sort of was actually being immersed in the Holy Week liturgies for the first time, which I'm sad to say was actually when I got ordained. Whoa. But there it is. I mean, I've been <laughs> attending Holy Week services before, but not to do them at that level. Yeah. Um, and so being immersed in this and feeling it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a story, that, another story that haunts me is a visitor came to a Good Friday service once and walked out and said, you know, this helps me understand what it is to be sad in a way I never did before and that that's an important thing mm -hmm. because it's important to be able to acknowledge any and all feelings. Mm -hmm. And part of what this does is it helps us to do this. Mm -hmm. Um so being immersed in it both emotionally and then simply by living the story over the four days rather than reducing it to a bunch of pat little sentences, mm -hmm. you know, sharing the foot washing, in our case, in our church, doing an having a cross brought in by an acolyte and doing an adoration before the cross, singing some of the great Holy Week hymns, those sorts of things, immerses you in this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then... There's no story because that's the basis for everything else. Yeah. We live out of this week. We live out of this week. We live out of this week. And it, it not only is um, truth, but it, it is our eyeglasses. For everything else. For everything else. I cannot help but that's see the world. Image, uh, thank you. I got my Calvin <laughs> in there, the eyeglasses of faith. Yep. You're welcome, John. Uh, John Calvin. Uh, I'm one of the few Episcopalians <laughs> who knows my way around Calvin. I was going to say, you called me on it. But yeah, it's our eye, It's our glasses. Yeah. I cannot see the world um, unless I see it. 
through this lens, mm -hmm. through through who God is showing God's self to be. So what does it mean to love my children? In this week. Yeah, what's it mean to love my children? What does it mean if uh, we're in a difficult place? Mm -hmm. What is it to be faithful? Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think, as you pointed out with the woman um, at Good Friday, on a very sort of, not shallow level, but on a, a real obvious level, Holy Week reminds us that church is not the place you come and you have to say everything's fine all the time. No. And you have to be ready to be happy. And, and we're supposed to bring our entire selves here. Right. Uh, because our entire selves have room here. And there's room in the scripture. You know, there's room in the in the week of our faith, in this week of our faith, for all of that. So nothing human is foreign to God. Yeah. And church is life. Exactly. Um, so church isn't a message and it's not a feeling. Yeah. Um, and it's not a list of answers. Yeah. And there's a diversity of people and we discern the work as the work is given to us because church is life. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, man, I've had fun. I think our I think our listeners are gonna. Hopefully, they say that they learned a lot too. I really I hope appreciate I didn't it. Speak too softly. I you may have to. No, I think it. you're gonna be great, and okay. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I wish you a blessed Holy Week. And, as you as well. And all our listeners too. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you enjoy this podcast, go ahead and hit like in your podcast feed. It really helps. Until next time, peace.